Welcome to On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. My name is Michael Bailey, The Athletic's Norwich City correspondent. And every week I'll host this Canaries chat with familiar names and Canaries characters. Leading us through it all tonight, we have Norwich City Twitter stats guru NCFC Numbers, a.k.a. Steve Sanders. Hi, Michael. And Talk Norwich City's Chris Reeve. Hello. Just before we get going properly, make sure you subscribe to The Athletic to read great articles and get access to this and all of our podcasts, including our new ones, ad-free. And by listening to this show, you can subscribe now with a 40% discount by heading to theathletic.com and using the code NORWICHPOD. Now, this podcast is brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting company. The Bet365 app lets you access pre-match and in-play markets and provides instant match updates across the biggest sports. Bet365's Bet Builder lets you create personalised bets and calculate the odds for any football match right there in your hands. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple's App Store over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Gentlemen, lovely to see you both. Chris, you're Hello. on the ball debut. We're going to shake hands. There we go. So people won't have seen that, but now they know. How are you? Welcome. I'm incredible, actually, after a cup win. It's put some wind in my sails, some optimism in my heart. I wondered where you were going with the wind line for a minute, but in your fine. sails. Thank you very fine. much. Yes, yeah, good. it's in my sails and um, I'm looking forward to beating Newcastle. Uh, that is the spirit. Great to have you on. Steve, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Yeah, uh, a bit a bit stiff from seven aside this morning. Um, Ooh, good effort. I know. Yeah, well, you know, you've, you've, you've got you've got to play the game as well as watch it, right, if you can. Uh, but <laughs> no, no, very happy. Uh, likewise, maybe not as confident as Chris, but delighted that um, I've, I've had three wins in a row, just to say. Last three times I've been on, been off the back of a Norwich win. So, you know, have me on next week. That's yeah, but you're not going anywhere now, Steve. That's official. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's just begin with the weekend's action, which was the FA Cup fourth round. I'll be honest, some people struggle to get very excited about the FA Cup, but here we are, and Norwich have now won twice in the FA Cup. Um, Steve, just tell me the favourite stat, my favourite stat from the weekend. Okay, so we now have more away wins in the FA Cup than we do in the league. It's the first time you can say that about Norwich City for 98 oh, years. Which is horrendous and brilliant in equal measure. <laughs> and made it into my uh, my piece about Jamal Lewis, um, which you can read over at The Athletic uh, right now. It was fun to put together, and I think he's a young man who um, actually has shown away from playing and starting regularly why he will make it to the very top because he's got the uh, you know the right things um, attached to his head and I love Jamal Lewis he is my favourite Norwich player he is oh, genuinely he's the nicest Norwich player I've met in that out squad of as well out of all of them Chris. your favourite out honestly, of every, are you sure honestly promise you hand on heart he is the I don't nicest want an, I don't want you to have said you. that about four other players <laughs> genuinely Jamal Lewis is the nicest Norwich player uh, he, I've got so he's got so much time for everyone Always a smile on his face, so grateful, so humble. A lot of time for Jamal, genuinely. He's a star. And um, actually, out of all of Norwich's um, you know, big prospects this season, he's the one who's probably had it toughest, even though he's, he had the most positive impact probably from the start of the season. Mm. Then kind of lost his way, had um, a, a virus, I think, and had a knee injury that was niggling. And we all saw that he probably wasn't at where he wanted to be when Norwich lost at home to Watford. Um, and he's not really got back in, which is huge credit to Sam Byram at the same time. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You rightly say Byram's performances have kind of meant that Lewis hasn't been able to get back in. It was nice to see him back in. Um, he'd played 54 of the previous 56 before 
um, Byram came in. So it's kind of odd not to have him in that role in the team. I think there have been times where we've missed him. Um, I can't speak for his character in the same way that, that Chris can, although he does seem, just in the way he carries himself on the pitch, he seems like he's his head screwed on and he's in the right place. Um, I think he's the best defensive fullback we've had certainly since Drury. I can't think of anybody better. In terms of one-on-one, he he so rarely looks like he's going to be beaten. His positioning's fantastic. Um, I hope that we see more of him next season. If if not this season, but I, I'm hoping that we haven't missed our chance to see more of Jamal Lewis because he's such a fantastic prospect and only 22, just turned 22. It was his birthday on Saturday. Yeah, do you want something on that? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Please do, that's <laughs> why you're here. This this is ridiculous, this. I mean, there's absolutely no earthly purpose for this, but only three player, Norwich City players have won on their birthday in the last 10 years. The others were Evo Pinto, Brentford away 2018 and Michael Turner, West Ham at home 2013. Make of that what you will. I I, I can assure you we would never have got that if you'd asked us who those two (laughs) players were, which is fair enough. Um, And yeah, he he said to himself adamantly, um, the fact that it didn't rain in the Northwest um, on his birthday, um, put a smile on his face. So there we go. I tell you what, just before we come to you, Chris, let's hear a little bit from Grant Hanley talking about Jamal Lewis, but also Jamal Lewis talking about Jamal Lewis. A little word for Jamal alongside you because he hasn't played a lot of football really and I know he played against Spurs but he's a little bit unlucky not to be featuring a bit more isn't he? No, no he is but you know that, I think that shows uh, you know the competition we've got in the side when you know a lad like Jamal with the, with the ability and you know he's still young as well with the, the quality that he's got that's struggling to get in the side but you know I think Jamal is ultra professional you know I don't think I've seen a young lad with his professionalism or his temperament um, you know he really is second you know, and he's, you know he's, he never flaps he never lets things get on top of him and he, he, he does his job every day um, and you know I think in the long run that'll, that'll 100% work out for him and he'll that lad will get what he deserves What's it been like the last few weeks then Jamal because I haven't seen you much I mean how, how hard is that? Um, I'd, I'd be lying to you if it, if it wasn't frustrating um, obviously every player feels like they should be playing and but I'm, I'm supportive of everyone um, I, I like to see myself as a team player so if, I, if the manager doesn't feel like I'm ready to come in then I have to respect that decision so like I said I've got to take any opportunity I can in, in games and training and just how I conduct myself around the place so when I do get the opportunity I'm ready So yeah smiles all round read the piece on uh, Jamal Lewis over at the Athletic as I said um, FA Cup fifth round Chris I mean I think I've been covering Norwich City 13, 12 years. I don't know, I keep adding years to it, but I think it's 12 years. Uh, I think this is only the second time Norwich have got anywhere near the fifth round. Last six, last 16, it doesn't sound many now, does it? It's normally, the FA Cup is normally just a complete embarrassment for Norwich, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, Luton springs mm-hmm. to mind. Um, uh, there's just, there's so many occasions where I've just gone, oh, here we go. And that's probably why I have the opinion of, actually, let's just focus on the league because we just have been so dire in the cup. Um, however, I've completely changed my mindset this season, which is actually, let's try and go on and bloom and win it. I know we're yeah. probably not, but you know what? Why not just have a spin? Um, and could you imagine? Could you imagine if we actually did? No, why not? No, because let's, I, I, let's I, run I, away I'm, with it. I'm 38, almost 39, and the closest Norwich have ever got in that time is two semi-finals, and they've, they've never been okay. to an FA Cup. I'd take a semi-final final. this season. Well, two games from Wembley. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It doesn't even make sense me having this conversation. But two games from Wembley, because the semi-finals would be at Wembley. Exactly. Can I can I put a hypothetical to you two that we've been discussing over the weekend? Would you take Norwich staying up from this point or an FA Cup win? FA Cup win, okay. because. Mine and Jack, who I did talk to with, our ambition is to see Norwich in Europe. 
Oh, and he's just taken a swig of his beer. Isn't he? <laughs> um, Point made. <laughs> it's really interesting that the fan in me would always take the glory of an FA Cup win, but for Norwich's long-term building, staying up because you keep that squad together, and then you'd probably have a better chance winning it the following season. Yeah, I, I think I just about came down on your side, Michael. But I but was that's very that, much that's, outnumbered. That's fan over journalist. Yeah, Chris is the romantic, so, and Chris, you're fine. That's exactly <laughs> where you should be coming from. It. I don't know how much you guys saw of the game. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought Norwich were very good. Both sides made big changes. I got the impression from kickoff that Norwich took it a bit more seriously. And obviously that's very fine margins. It's not like Burnley wanted to bin it off. But by the same token, I'm sure Norwich did learn from their experience at Turf Moor earlier in the season. But I didn't see Burnley press Norwich anywhere near anything like they did at um, Turf Moor in the Premier League back in September. I think we should have probably won the game 5 or 6-1, actually, given the chances that, that Josip had, of course, um, Norfolk's finest DJ. Um, well, know, there was no tomorrow, so he had to make the most of it. Um, no, I mean, look, should have scored after a minute and a half or something like that. Um, we were talking off air beforehand about, you know, Stiefman looking looking decent. Um, you know, a few of the, the, the lads haven't been in the mix, came in and looked really impressive. Um, Mario looked brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, and I was absolutely buzzing to see Jamal um, back in the mix. And and for me, I I absolutely I'm Sam Byram's biggest fan. Genuinely, I, I really like the guy, but I do want to see Jamal Lewis back in that team, hundred percent. There was a nice moment actually, thirty four minutes, because again it went in my Jamal Lewis piece. Uh, Jamal breaking forward down the left, ball ends up working across. Sam Byram's in the box, shot cleared off the line and they do have quite a bit of balance between having Jamal and Sam playing together because obviously Sam is a traditionally um, right-sided fullback something that I might be touching on over the next week over at the Athletics keep an eye out but um, uh, you know it's obviously missing Max Aaron's but and they were the two of course um, Sam and Jamal who started against Manchester City yeah um, I'd forgotten about that Byron chance actually off the line he's had quite a few hasn't he oh, he's kind of waiting for him finisher. to score the goal no he's, a, no, he's yeah. terrible in yeah, front of which goal. is not his <laughs> job I <laughs> guess but but yeah he keeps getting in that position um, thinking about the back four I mean it could be the back four that we see next year potentially if, if we're not in the Premier League and that Aaron's could move on yeah, Godfrey could sure. move on um, yeah. obviously Jamal could move on but obviously Byram to me looks more uh, you know we keep saying he's been great at left back but he does look more natural in that right back position so and Hanley and Zimmerman I mean I don't know what you guys think I think Hanley's been great since he's come back 100% in. yep Totally with you. Couldn't agree more. I think he's been better than Christoph in recent yeah. weeks. As it was quite harsh that he stepped out for Bournemouth, really. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was maybe fortunate <laughs> that um, D- Ben got sent off and Grant came back in. Another another question then. Um, does this raise a bit of a dilemma when Ben Godfrey is back? Because I think you're right in that Hanley's been better than Zimmerman, but we can't, and po- arguably Godfrey as well, but you can't argue with the fact that, well, Farker will view Godfrey and Zimmerman as his, as his two, won't he? I think he absolutely loves the Zim, doesn't he, Daniel Farker? He really does. For me, I, I'm 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 actually thinking about what happens when Tim Close comes back in the mix. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking about. Because then, what the hell do you do? We might have too many. Wow, we've actually got what? a centre half. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I mean, yeah, going for that point. Uh, that would be fascinating. I think. I think for me, I, I I do love the Zim. I've got to back the Zim. He's not. He's had. He's been a wee bit shaky in in recent weeks. He has. Um, but for me, he's still not had as many games as he had um, last season, of course. Um, so I want to see Zim in there. And I absolutely think Ben Godfrey is, is brilliant. So I'd have him in there for sure. Uh, Daniel Farker said before the Bournemouth game, if Ben Godfrey is fit, he starts. And it wouldn't didn't necessarily come out as a statement for just that game, to be honest. So 
but that does put an interesting slant on everything going forward. Yeah, I didn't think that would be called into question quite as soon as, <laughs> as that with no, the red card. No, that's very true off. as well. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, having a centre back fit and on the bench is is a, it still only happened once this season. So, yeah, being a little bit sceptical, which is unlike me, do you think that there is possibly an element of shop window factor from now until the end of the season? I think it depends from where Norwich are, but I think there has been that at Norwich since Stuart Webber and Daniel Farker were here, to be honest. I think that they've made a point. I mean, they've stuck with their young players and I think as much of that is about let's get them to 100 appearances and then they'll be worth a bit more. And and obviously not if they're rubbish, because if they're rubbish, then everyone fails. But if they're doing well, then just you know, bear in mind, this is probably going to be better than playing Evo. So do, do they need shop window factor though with Godfrey, given that we can be pretty certain that Buendia is going to go? Um, if, if they wanted to lose the likes of well, Aaron's and Cantwell, then there would be suitors. So, do you know, do they need the money that someone like Godfrey would undoubtedly bring them? And, They've not really spent any this season either, so... I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, sorry, um, I know you don't have a, a you know, full overview of the club's finances. but No, exactly. <laughs> no, no, I, I don't. I just, I've got this sneaky suspicion. I've always thought that, I've always thought the reason why they bought Byron was because Aaron's is likely to leave. Because Aaron's is ridiculously good um, and his latent potential is absolutely through the roof. Um, so I've always just had that little element of doubt in my mind. You know, is this, are we playing him because, as, as Michael's alluded to, to get those appearances up to try and move them on? And I don't know, may, maybe I'm just reading into it a little bit too much. I mean, it's certainly, they're not doing it while these players are, as I said, out of form. They, they, they're obviously justifying their appearances as well. It's when the, maybe it's, a, it's a, fine de- a fine decision between between two options. But yeah, it's it's... It's a very interesting one. I mean, I think Ben Godfrey's got a wonderful agent who's doing a very good job of making sure that he's linked with a Premier League club pretty much every week. So um, I don't think anyone will not be aware of what Ben Godfrey's doing, whether he plays or not. But um, there's uh, that question about the summer keeps going through my mind and I have no idea what the answer is. How many do they sell? How much money do they need? How much money do they want? How much money is someone going to offer? It's going to be a fascinating summer which is why I hope they don't win the FA Cup and stay up. <laughs> so there we go. Is there anything else to mention about the Burnley game? Um, I just want to say that the fifth round draw, Norwich are in it, just to reiterate, the fifth round draw is uh, Monday. I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but it's on Monday evening. Everyone pray for a home tie now, please. Um, there won't be any extra time from here on in in the competition. And the fifth round is a midweek, which basically sounds quite exciting, but I'm guessing just underlines a further fall in the FA Cup's ranking um, or placement compared to the Premier League because now they're not going to bin off a Premier League fixture on a weekend. (laughs) That's basically what that means. So um, there we go. I don't want to go anywhere other than somewhere inside Norfolk on a midweek game. (laughs) But there we go. I love my job. Um, (laughs) Anything anything else? Um, quick shout out for Mario Vrancic as we have uh, Chris mentioned him in dispatches but um, he as you say wasn't pressed as heavily but um, ran the game set up the two goals so great to see him doing what he does best so great point by the way Uh, Mario Vrancic two assists got two assists didn't he effectively yeah Effectively. Well, sorry, yeah, sorry. I was going to no, no, oh. point out that as well, Michael. This is a point. Rup, the main man. So got that flick on. That that as well. Um, I I um, <laughs> I mentioned to Mario. I said, "Oh, you got your two assists, Mario. That's great." Uh, here's how we reacted. We take their assists and want to, yeah, keep going. Two assists today. <laughs> Off you. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> 
You mean this, the girl we considered? <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean that. Uh, no, yeah, you did, you did. No, no I didn't. Joking. No, honestly, I didn't. That'd be three, wouldn't it? I don't lose count. Yeah. I think. Uh, you, 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 did you not assist them both? You tell me. Uh, they took both yeah. from your two crosses. Yeah, more or less, yeah. <laughs> mean that. Oh, I feel terrible. No, it's fine, Mike. No you, did you get... Oh, yeah. Don't I'm not you sure. won the game. Exactly. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but, I mean, you had two big impacts in both goals yeah, yeah. is exactly what I meant for the record. <laughs> so, I mean, and that, that must be nice having you know, missed a game through another injury as well. It's a little reminder, isn't injury? it? Injury? What do you mean? Oh, was it your shin? Did you have a bang on your shin? No. Uh, no? No, not sure. No. That was what the manager no. said. <laughs> did he? Okay. Um, yeah. Well, okay. No, I wasn't injured, so okay. Don't know. Uh, but yeah, of course, I'm trying to have some contribution to the game and uh, yeah, just trying to do my job. And I think we had so many good chances. I could have also have scored the first half, in the first half. But yeah, I'm just trying to to contribute into the game and yeah, of course, with some assists and goals if possible. Yeah. So, I mean, hilarious there that Mario thought I was talking about his assist for the first goal and then his header for Burnley's goal, which I wasn't. I meant his crosses for both goals, which admittedly was sort of like an assist and a second assist, as you'd call it, technicality-wise. He had a smile on his face as he swore at me and uh, we joked about it for the next 10 minutes. But there we go. Well so, yeah, well I think so. Yeah, it depends if he hits me around the face next time. But there we go. Hope you enjoyed that. And the other thing I wanted to point out is that uh, Josh Martin was on the bench in the 18 um, uh, FA Youth Cup um, star, really, because I, I went and watched the, the uh, Manchester United tie. Norwich lost 2-0 and exited the competition um, at the fourth round stage. But um, Josh was very good. And I think that's obviously um, come to the point where Norwich needed a wide option in their first team. Um, he has trained with the first team recently as well, and he got a place on the bench in the FA Cup, which is brilliant for Josh Martin. He's a man who clearly backs his own ability, and he's got a bit of pedigree to him as well. So good on him. You can read that piece over at The Athletic, and we'll keep a close eye on uh, what awaits for Josh next. Spurs, of course, happened as well. Um, <laughs> Norwich played very well. They lost. It was kind of sickening. Um, but maybe familiar. I was absolutely gutted about Spurs because I genuinely thought that that could have been the game. Um, honestly, hand on heart, I just thought, wow, like we are absolutely all over them. I've spoken to Spurs fans a plenty afterwards and they've said, Chris, you know what? You should have absolutely smashed us there, 100%. You were by far the better side. Such a lucky goal for them. And I, know, I hate blaming luck, right? Because I believe that you make your own luck, but... That the way that it bobbled over Zim and he gets he does so well to make that 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 challenge as well, and for it to fall in like that is just gut wrenching. Um, and you could unfortunately say the story of our season. I've talked about my commentary abilities before, haven't I, Steve? Yeah. So again, I'm going to have to start filming myself in the press box. Um, that ball looped up, and I went, "You've got to be kidding me!" I literally said it out loud. "You've got to be because it was literally you've got to be kidding me." Yeah, and you it, could see it, it, it happening in slow motion. And they did say it afterwards, and I know Norwich missed their chances, and I know they did this, that, and the other. But in that moment, still, that ball could go anywhere. Yeah, uh, uh, Chris said it. I think you've said it as well. It kind of was the story of our season, really. A, a little combination of bad luck, and they couldn't have done anything about that second goal, really. Um, maybe a little bit of naivety as well, thinking of um, Todd giving the ball away where he did for the first goal. Other, other than that, I thought he had a really good game, incidentally. Um, playing well in spells, um, not taking chances, and ultimately just coming out on the wrong side of a defeat. It, it, it just felt like 38 games in microcosm, although we haven't had a view of those yet. But... Um, yeah, Spurs did not impress me at all. Um, I think we spoke about Son last week and he just didn't 
really appear until he popped up with one from a yard out. Um, it was one of our more impressive away performances of the season to get nothing. Yeah, like I said, it was gutting. For me, the mega, the main frustration from that game wasn't that we missed chances. I'm used to that. Wasn't that we conceded poor goals. I'm used to that. It was the in-game management in the second half. Um, again, Todd's biggest fan, top man. Um, but for me, when that yellow card was shown, he needed to be pulled off 100%. Uh, it's the first time I've said that all season. Um, but for me, I just I, I just think he lost his head at that point. It's my honest opinion. Um, and I'm, I'm sick and tired of seeing an L come on with only five or ten minutes to go because he's not the type of player where he can pick the ball up and instantly make an impact. We can. But it's it's harder to do that, and he needs time to to catch up with with the the, the temper of the game, and that was the main frustration for me. I thought he was absolutely dying out for an L to come on a lot earlier, hundred percent. And if it wasn't an L, just a fresh pair of legs because Toddy was that was that was a risk. I think keeping him on actually because he could have easily done something stupid. And actually, there was that cool, wasn't there, where it went to VAR, the studs were up. Yeah. It could have been it could I have been cool, wouldn't it? I th- yeah, yeah, I thought but, it was going. Yeah, hundred percent. I don't think it was a red card tackle because I don't think he meant it in a malicious way. Yeah, but the way slow it down, show the contact. I thought he could go for that. Yeah, I just think it just. I think there's been maybe a ten or fifteen percent um, element in the uh, the poor form of Norwich's results that has come down to Daniel Farker not trying to do to make that decision early he's I I, I love his stubbornness because it's what it's what won us the league isn't it you know he, he sticks with it he doesn't like to disrupt the flow I think he believes in that I think he massively believes in that but for me disrupt the flow yeah. on purpose try something different I, I I completely agree with the point you make and actually what really the, the most frustrating thing about that game was the way we played in maybe the final 10 minutes we had six minutes of injury time and we just used them so so badly and I kind of think back to this time last season where it seemed like every time we went into injury time we were pushing teams we had them we were on the front foot and this it, this season it just feels like we don't really have a plan once the subs come on they're just there. They're just in attacking areas. And, Couldn't agree more. And, and we never really looked like getting that late equaliser or winner or whatever it might be. Marco Stiefelman coming on in the second minute of injury time. When you're 2-1 down, that winning goal being scored 12 minutes earlier for 14 minutes earlier. I don't get it. I don't see the point. But but there we go. Um, and of course, Norwich had a great chance. Uh, Andre Duda only had to cross the ball and get it to Temu Pukki, who was free. Although I think Duda had a really good game. He did? I, I, I wasn't as impressed as a lot of people were after Bournemouth, but I thought he was really good on Wednesday. I, I Did you read my piece, Steve, on Andre Duda? Yes. Say yes, just say yes. I have. Brilliant, well done. Um, uh, which was on looking at Andre Duda's impact over both games. So obviously the, the debut, everyone's like, oh, wow, a debut, but also away from home at, at, at Tottenham. And it was really interesting, um, some of the things that came out of that. Also, the fact that he's got play hard, work hard tattooed on his knees, <laughs> which is rem- a remarkable discovery. I mean, they are shocking tattoos, but I think it says everything you need to know about Andre Duda, probably. So there we go. Uh, <clears throat> just to wrap up this uh, segment, if I uh, may, um, Danny Murphy on Match of the Day after the Burnley game, he declared that Norwich are the best, worst Premier League team he's ever seen. Oh, I haven't heard that. Um, as nice. in the best, bo- well, I think it was best bottom the of best the, bottom be- of the best team, yeah. of yeah. bottom of the league team he's ever seen, which is, you know, 
take of that what, Thanks, you, what you want. And I was just going to clarify the Luton point because it's remarkable that Norwich were knocked out. They're the first Premier League team to be knocked out by a non-league team, which was Luton, as you mentioned, Chris, in 2013 in a Norwich City side that had Harry Kane in the starting eleven. Nice what a one. remarkable thing that is. <laughs> just in case anyone didn't know what that was. Right, this is one uh, for Chris and for Steve, as well as you guys and girls listening out there. This athletic podcast is brought to you in association with Stitch Fix, an online personal styling service that takes the hard work out of dressing well. Chris is very interested. Uh, To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic, fill in a style quiz and tell us about your personal style, budget, size and shape and your clothing needs and wants. A personal stylist will then send you five items of clothing each handpicked especially for you from our selection of 100 brands including established names and -and up-and-coming designers try on everything at home and style with your other items in your wardrobe you can then pay for what you love and send back the rest for your stylist's time you pay a charge of just 10 pounds which is deducted from the cost of anything you decide to buy remember you try before you buy at home delivery and returns are free both ways and you don't need a subscription to sign up You guys are smiling. I love it. Stitch Fix allows you to save time because we do the shopping for you. Not me. You'll be relieved to know. Uh, And you'll you'll enjoy, you like that, uh, and you'll enjoy uh, top styling tips from our experts. Get started with Stitch Fix today and support our podcast by going to stitchfix.co.uk slash athletic right now. That is S-T-I-T-C-H-F-I-X dot co dot UK forward slash athletic. So um, you may have noticed we haven't got uh, Hodgie live in the podcast this week. So no more Craig Levine anecdotes. <laughs> I'm, I'm missing him already. Uh, but you'll be pleased to know he is here. And this is, I think he's been storing this one up. It's his latest Hodge spot. He's going to go for the ownership and probably not in the way you think. Uh, here he is, his latest Hodge spot. Cue Stu. Hi everyone and it's back to normal for the Hodge spot after last week's appearance on the pod. And this week I'm going to speak about ownership because I've seen quite a lot on social media um, from some sections of the Norwich City fan base who have suggested that it would be great if we had some billionaire or gazillionaire came and invested loads of money in the club. But football lost something after the Roman Abramovich-Chelsea thing. Before that point, I feel that football, the, the bit of money and the bit of glamour and all of that, the big transfer fees, it was all quite cool. And then... That just sort of seemed to tip the boat in the scales of where you've now got a four-tier Premier League, where you've got Liverpool, Man City, the rest of the top six, the teams that can hope to finish in that final European place, pending whatever happens in the Cup, and, of course, the rest of us all fighting against relegation. But what Norwich City has is it's a club that has an identity, that has a story, that has a real sense of itself. We've got owners that are from the area that understand what this club is about and will safeguard its future. Not with any sort of self-interest in mind, but just thinking of the club and what's best for the club. Compare that to Man United, say, where you've got the Glazers have gone and have borrowed money against the football club. And they, Man United have essentially got a situation where the owners are just using the club to pull their own money out of it. And there's so many other stories of clubs that where they've had big money come in, but they've lost something in the process of doing that. Right now, I would absolutely 100% rather be a Norwich City fan than a Manchester United fan. So anyone that's suggesting that money and sort of some sort of big investment would be a good thing, I would just say be careful what you wish for. 
Right, we'll go on to uh, Newcastle in a moment, if I um, may. Uh, but Chris, I wanted to chat with you first, just if I may. That sounds scary. How's life? How's things with Talk Norwich City? Yeah, it's really good, thank you. Yeah, it's really good. We've had some mega guests on this season. Uh, the the almighty Steve Morrison on last week. Um, what an absolute geezer he is. Revealed his exit away from the club, which was fascinating, actually. The swap deal for Becchio um, that, that, that shouldn't have happened and he didn't even know about. And then it was then later uh, revealed that he was on double the amount of money that he was on. And yet Becchio basically didn't start a game, did he? Um and uh, Morrison um, obviously scored 10 in the Prem. And so it was a bit of a, I hate to say I told you so. He had some beef. But yeah, TNC is great. Thank you very much. I love that. I, re- I remember Chris Hewton saying that he wanted Luciano Becchio to come in because he could hit the ground running because he'd been playing for the first half of the season. He came on, clearly was nowhere near it. And then that was it because the whole point of him being there had been... He just yeah. didn't work hard there, did he? I remember Braddy Johnson said um, on a podcast again, um, awful plug, and he said, um, you know, I had to stick up for Becchio because Holty was saying, Bradley, like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> this overweight guy, he's not training hard. Is he taking the, is he taking the mickey? Like, is, what is he doing? And Bradley was like, no, 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 tr- trust me, Holty, he'll deliver on a Saturday. I'm telling you now, he'll deliver on a well, Saturday. If, that was what and Grant used to do as well. So in, in fairness, he, he was not exactly, if he was picking well, Luciano exactly. up on not being a trainer, <laughs> then I think we were all in trouble there, really. And um, I did want to ask you this because, you know, you you are someone who does get some stick. <laughs> I've got to be honest, you know, they're the... Some people they don't like what you say, and then some. But some people love what you do as well. I mean, you, you have to deal with that yourself, don't you? That's what. What would you like me to divulge into, like how I oh, take I it, or well, just? Yeah. Um. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, I am a proud Norwich City fan. Um. I'm not a journalist. Um. I definitely don't have to sit on the fence. That's Jack's job. Um. I'm a proud optimist. Um. I try and stay as positive as possible, and sometimes. Sometimes people use the football as a as a way of de-stressing from the week, shall I say, and and I'd still try to enjoy it because I'm there to be entertained. I think football without hope is just pointless. Um, I'd rather just get a stress ball um, or go boxing. Um, but I think people don't like the fact that I'm positive. Um, and as a young guy that's doing Talk Norwich City, sometimes it frustrates people a little bit. Um I don't know. I just say it how it is, really. And I think it annoys people that I'm just trying to be nice. Like, I don't have any sort of hidden agenda or anything. It's just who I am. So, but I think what I think the, the my main learning from it is, and which is what I always try and push out on, on Instagram and other kinder platforms than Twitter, is that I want people to learn from the pain that we have endured at Talk Around City because as a young person, it can absolutely crush you. And if I hadn't done self psychology courses, and if I hadn't looked into personal development, that, that that sort of thing, I would have rolled over and given up because online trolling is horrific. And football is um, football is a sport that's filled full of testosterone and anger and frustration. And we all so do it. And I do game. It. Yeah, I mean, I'm, and I do it after a game as well. Like I'm mega frustrated sometimes. Um, but I think I, I just hope that people learn that, you know, if, 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 you know, Michael, you might think that Jamal shouldn't be in the team, but I'm not going to start getting personal about it because we, we're all in the same camp here, right? We're all yellow. Um, and quite often people see my ranty or over-positive Talk Norwich City stuff and think, oh, that guy's such an arrogant, you know what, you know where. Um, but obviously when they meet me, it's like, oh, actually, he's just a Norwich fan, just 
trying to do good stuff. I'm just trying to get good content and ask questions that people want answers to on Talk North City. Brilliant stuff, Chris. Well done. And it, it's interesting because a lot of those issues are stuff that footballers now have to deal with as well. I mean, we're talking about youngsters who are worth huge amounts of money and they're going to have a lot that's being talked about in, in their ears and people advising them this, that and the other and they're having to deal with all of that as well. Yeah, and I, you know, Chris made the point already but football is very much that way and so is Twitter so if you put the two of them together it is this kind of little cauldron of hate um, I might add that this is the first time I met Chris and you seem like a thoroughly nice chap Thank so to um, <laughs> all the haters just, just leave him alone yeah <laughs> leave him alone. alone yeah brilliant stuff alright well um, Newcastle's coming up uh, long old poke I think hashtag is the, yeah. the official terminology get your binoculars out uh, in the it, way end if Norwich draw what does that mean because I think I know what it means if they lose, and I think I know what it means if they win. Uh, I think it, I think we'll come away feeling that. Well, is it, no, it won't be good enough. I think I think they need a win. Personally, um, we were discussing this. The fixtures coming up after that are not great. Um, a bit of I'm always slightly reticent to go into history, uh, but we've lost the last six. Hang on, that is surely part. that is your job. Hold isn't on, it? going yeah. into history. <laughs> your whole spreadsheet. Yeah, is hold history, on. Steve. <laughs> Sorry, that was a lie, everyone. I love going into history. What I don't like doing is <laughs> looking at previous fixtures. But St James's Park is a ground where we do terribly. Funnily enough, um, well, actually, I did look into the into the history of this. Um, Turf Moor was a ground where we'd previously lost six in a row before last week. And there's only been two grounds in the last 40 years we've lost seven in a row. Craven Cottage, no surprises there. And White Hart Lane, 80s, 90s type time. So six in a row defeats is not great. Um, but I don't think a draw would be good enough. Perfect time to play Newcastle though, right? Come on. And by the way, the worst team I've seen at Carrow Road all season. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry to say they I'm touching wood right now, but they were awful. This is the time to play Newcastle. Let's puff our chests out. We know our team are capable of putting in a performance there. If they play like they did against Tottenham, against Newcastle, we'll beat them. We will beat them. But the, of course, the golden question is, will we play like we did at Tottenham? Yeah, and I hate to counter the positivity with some negativity, but I do think the way Newcastle play is set up quite well against a team like ours, i.e. sit back. Yeah, they've got a the raffer impact still, haven't they? Yes, they do. Yeah, let, let them come to us and we'll try and uh, hit them on the break. So we need to be wary of that threat, but they're there to be beaten. No question about that. I, I feel um, physically and mentally scarred from my recent trips to um, St. James's Park because there have been some colossal meltdowns that I have seen from Alec Neal's side. I've got Carney in my side. head. All, all sorts. The, the, the two games at St. James's Park are what did for Alex Neal, basically. Yes, 100%. So, good luck, Daniel. <laughs> See how we get on. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, I feel like we haven't spoken about Josip Drimic. But um, what can we like throw in a handful of words? Josip um, Drimic. Really, really impressed. I think even uh, though he missed so many chances, I th I think he was good. I honestly think he 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 obviously had that one after what fifteen seconds that he should have taken. But um, movement was good, touch was good. It, it's actually making me think. Just don't judge a guy by ten minute cameos because actually he looks like he could he could play yeah. in that role. Sharp, fast, energetic, um, full of hunger and desire to prove a point. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, well, we'll see how we get on at Newcastle then, won't we? I think is probably the best thing to say. And we'll, of course, be back on the other side. Right then. Uh, remember, if you subscribe to The Athletic, then make sure you log on to the website uh, or app two hours after every Norwich City kickoff to discuss all the key topics from the day's action. And that, of course, includes Norwich's trip to Newcastle United at the weekend. 
And for ad-free podcasts, make sure you subscribe to The Athletic and listen through the app. You can get 40% discount now by using the code NORWICHPOD. But that is it for this week's On The Ball. Uh, The podcast is freely available on your podcast player of choice. So make sure you spread the word and um, get in touch with us. Uh, All you need to do is uh, send a direct message on Twitter to at Michael J. Bailey. In the meantime, a big thank you to Hodgie, of course, for his Hodgebot. Thank you very much, Steve. Pleasure as always. Chris, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for coming in. Cheers, boss. We'll do it again. Of course. Brilliant stuff. Uh, We will be back next week with another edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. Fingers crossed for a positive result. Until then. It will be. That's the spirit, Chris. Come on. Never mind the danger. (laughs) 